From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. As you heard this morning, we have barbecue-specific music that we will get to in just a second when we talk about our studio sponsor and leading into the community weekend theme we have going on. But before we do that, we need to uh, talk about our main sponsor. Yeah, our presenting sponsor, 2021, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for well over a decade when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County. They have over 25,000 closings since 2009. That's 25,000 closings on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They have been voted DeSoto's best realtor multiple times. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available when you need them. Had an opportunity to visit with Miss Terry Thomas last week about uh, our show, about the different uh, things that they're experiencing right now in real estate. Derek, she told me about a story about a lady that was not going to use a realtor and was going to list her at her price for X. By using the realtor and simply talking with the realtor, she raised her price when it was all said and done, multiple offers made over $30,000 more wow. than before. So now is the time. I know a lot of people might think, well, I can sell it with this hot market. Working with Team Couch at Birch Realty Group could possibly pay for itself. You possibly could make more money. No one's promising that by any stretch. However, working with a realtor is the right move. Reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Don't forget, they are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis for your home. Give them a call, 662-449-1700. As we mentioned, Derek, part of the stuff we're going to talk about from the weekend experience, uh, beautiful weather and stuff throughout Hernando or throughout the area, uh, was was the How to Barbecue Right Shop grand opening. How to Barbecue Right Shop is our 2021 studio sponsor. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics right here under the water tower. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking, whether it's knives, rubs, cutting boards, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, and some really cool high-end smokers. Visit Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right shop. If you've seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by and check out his shop today. You can call them at 662-912-9947, 662-912-9947, or find them at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's H2Q Malcolm Shop. Again, thank you to How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our 2021 studio sponsor. Well, Matt, I want to start there. Uh, we had a, a beautiful weekend, as you mentioned, several things going on. I think this is the week, is the one-year anniversary, uh, basically, of COVID hitting this area, right. starting to shut things down. Uh, that happened one year ago this week. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of fitting that the, the first weekend where things, I guess the mask mandate has been lifted, uh, is that people are getting back out, uh, enjoying life, enjoying a, a beautiful, I guess, early taste of spring, uh, I guess two weeks early. And so, you know, kind of getting out there. And uh, I was uh, uh, able to go out to uh, Malcolm's uh, on Saturday, got out there early, uh, got out there about 930. I had I was able to get out there for about an hour, uh, from about 930 to 1030 that morning, probably 100 people there at 930. Right. <laughs> Remember, well, it started at nine. Yeah. It's barbecue, so you're thinking kind of lunchtime. Oh no, they were there. They were. They may have been there at eight o'clock waiting right. on the tents to open. Right. Uh, but but just a beautiful day, beautiful turnout. 
Right. So, I mean, that's what we were talking about. Uh, not a whole lot of news going on Hernando Alderman-wise, South Haven Alderman, that type stuff. So we thought we might just visit a little, bit about, a little bit about our weekends, just kind of the experience, the Hernando experience over the past weekend uh, with, you know, 70-degree days, you know, people coming out, supporting local businesses, uh, visiting, seeing people they haven't seen in a while. I saw a uh, an Instagram post by uh, someone that actually lives in our neighborhood said, hey, you know, it was a picture of somebody they hadn't it was a high school friend that they don't get to see very often. And uh, it was good for them to, to get together and, and kind of take a picture. But, I mean, like you said, you were trying to get to get over there and talk to Malcolm, get over there and visit with him. And there was a lot of, you know, 50 people deep trying to take pictures with him or, or visit with him and stuff like well, that. Well, just to ask him advice, uh, they had probably about four tents. Uh, they had, I think, three barbecue tents that had him with the crawfish. And so people lined up getting advice. Uh, you know, asking questions. Uh, they had like little uh, demonstrations going on. Then, of course, you would, uh, you could, when you walked in, they had you, you know, kind of spin the wheel and get a, get a prize. And you walked inside and had just that the shop was set up, you know, beautifully. Um, I, you know, I actually I purchased a rub, purchased some, some really good dill pickles, you know, and just kind of walked around. And again, I tried to get in line with Malcolm. It was, it was a long line. I mean, he kept getting, you know, tugged left and right. Didn't want to, you know, really want to bother him because he was talking to people that were, you know, I was just trying to introduce myself and just say hello. And it was great. I mean, it could not have been a better turnout. And it sounded like, you know, I talked to other people that went, uh, saw a couple of guys from the crew that were there when I was there. It sounded like, you know, all day long it was that right. size crowd. So just good for them. You know, we, again, we do appreciate what they do here. But, you know, if you have not been corner of uh, Memphis Street and Whitfield Drive, right there on the corner. Uh, just go in there and see them. Uh, they're going to be holding cooking classes pretty soon uh, in the back of the building. Uh, they've got a podcast uh, where they, you know, uh, how to barbecue right podcast and talk to you about, you know, uh, everything they do with his, you know, the, his cooking expertise. So just a, a great you know, way to start a Saturday morning. Something else did I did on Saturday was went to a six-year-old soccer game here at the soccer complex. Uh, uh, Derek, I will, I'll continue to thank you. You were heavily involved in the soccer complex, heavily involved in the soccer, uh, Friends of Hernando Soccer, you know, bringing that project together. Um, it was awesome to sit there and see dozens of kids obviously playing. But uh, is there a limit we can put on the number of people that can come? I swear it is. There, I saw some people that were probably – it was grandmothers, aunts, uncles. I mean, and, and it affects the parking is what I'm saying, for one kid. So well, you know, we, the parking we have not been able to um, – you know, if somebody would like to donate $150,000 okay. uh, we will name the complex after you. There you go. Uh, we will also have it uh, asphalted. Uh, and striped out so we can have official parking spaces. Right. Uh, we don't have to try to move barrels or trash can to keep people from driving into the grass to park behind the goal. Yeah, well, at a certain point, I just saw people kind of just they just park where they want to, and they just pulled yep. up. It was like there's there's parking to the left and the right, and they finally just said, screw it, I'm going to park right in the kind of the middle, which affects the people back in and out. I say all that to say it was a wonderful day. Get to, good to get out there and, and see all the kids playing, and, and the rec league uh, seems to be kicking off and, and just – you know, anytime you get out there, 60, 65, 70 degrees, just a, a testament. Uh, you and I talked off air uh, earlier today when, when people talk about the Hernando Southern Charm and, and, and different stuff like that. I, I get it. I, I truly get it. And that, and part of it is, is the, the uh, soccer complex and getting to see and enjoy kids uh, play, uh, well-supported uh, for sure. And uh, just it was a lot of fun. You know, my, my Wilson had a tournament out at Mike Rose, which uh, a lot of listeners, you know, certainly know, know what Mike Rose was or – know what micros is uh, great experience out there opportunity some of the teams uh i saw the one of the older uh, express uh, soccer teams playing some kids from wisconsin so uh, you think about that the, the, those kids have probably struggled weather-wise and they've probably definitely struggled you know not being able to get out so they they flew down and played the micros tournament and stuff like that so i, I would adventure i would bet that they were 
they were one of the farthest teams away. But probably the the Wisconsin mandates, the Mississippi mandates, probably a little different. A little different, probably a little bit different when it comes to uh, you know the mask and stuff like that. But still, well, you know. Those kids got to get out almost 70 degrees. They were just in heaven. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> in heaven or after the first 10 minutes, they were sucking wind because they were getting cramps, well, not used to the heat, you know. Right, exactly. But, I, you know, Derek, like we talked about, not a whole lot of stuff to talk about locally, so we just use it as an opportunity to to just praise Hernando. Uh, what an awesome city and town we live in. Uh, just a great uh, – especially when you get some sun you know, sun and, and blue skies. Uh, there's a few places that, that I'd rather live and a few places that are better than Hernando, Mississippi. So – Fast forward to Saturday night. Going to steal the microphone a little bit, Derek, from a proud dad standpoint. We're going to shine a light on the 38th annual Hernando High School Beauty Review. Uh, just a great um, opportunity. Again, go back to the mask, Derek. It was the first time I can remember being in a room you know, that size with that number of people. Uh, some wearing masks, some not. But it was really interesting because I thought to myself, Wow, you know, we used to take that for granted. Uh, it was nothing. We'd, we'd fill the H-pack with, you know, 600 for, you know, a National Honor Society thing or whatever. You know, it was nothing. But uh, just a good thing on Saturday night. Again, like I said, a proud dad moment. Uh, my daughter, uh, you know, did win the Hernando High School Beauty Review. Uh, so proud of her, Hannah Grace Crane, uh, Jr. there at Hernando High School. I just want to give her a shout-out and tell her how proud of, uh, you know, I am of her and, and for doing that. But, Derek, something I did tell you uh, on Sunday I wanted to do was the, the most inspiring thing for me on the whole night, uh, obviously being proud, of course, and excited for her, but the whole night it was uh, young ladies putting themselves out there this was not a thing where you go and say, I'm going to sign up and be on the beauty review. All of these ladies were nominated by a club, golf team, tennis team, choir, student council, um, it's a swim team. So that tells me that these young ladies are leaders in, in our school, leaders in those groups, and the groups think highly of them to uh, to put them up. And uh, that's what was um, – you know, very inspiring there. Something else, Derek, some of these, you know, obviously when they're, they're walking out, contestant number three and four and five, they gave them kind of bio. One of the things was after graduation they planned to, and these ladies had amazing, they have amazing dreams. They have amazing plans for their life. They have amazing goals and things like that, pediatric doctors, mm-hmm pharmacist one young one young lady talked about possibly you know wanting to live in Hawaii or have a career in Hawaii those type things you know and it was just really inspiring to listen to those young ladies and listen to their bios and what they plan for next and I was just very proud of them and so Derek just I'll go as fast as I can but I'm going to run through the young ladies that that were nominated young ladies that were part of the Hernando High School Beauty Review on Saturday and again ladies congratulations on putting yourself out there walking with the bright lights in your face and people actually judging for lack of a better word that's what they were doing you know and everything but look uh, Rose Catherine Stafford Madison Belk Sarah Ayers Hannah Grace Crane Maddie Cummings Chloe Martin Anna Landrum Maggie Womble Kayla Danielle Atkinson, Faith Wood, Peyton Donovan, Claire Scruggs, Zeta Claire Brewer, Audra Scruggs, McKinley Jackson, Kate Coleman, Jessica Cartwright, and Emily Wardlaw. Ladies, congratulations on on just putting yourself out there on Saturday night. Uh, the beautiful ladies. I mean, they really were. They were just shined up like new pennies. They they look great. And uh, just congratulations on that and walking that stage. Uh, Derek, the Scruggs sisters, Claire Scruggs and Audra Scruggs, multiple back, uh, black belts. 
in karate or taekwondo, <laughs> whatever, whichever one it was, but both of them black belts in, in, in that. We had another young lady who was a black belt in that. People were involved in equestrian, all kinds of stuff. But they don't, this is not a talent thing. This is straight. This is not a talent thing. Would but, love to have seen the black belt demonstration. Uh, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that would have been pretty pretty neat. But just still, again, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Such awesome kids here in Hernando. We are so blessed to have a, a, a school like Hernando High School, uh, so well represented. And, and I know I've kind of hogged the mic a little bit. But again, proud dad moment. Uh, it was you know, she did win, and we could not be more proud of her. Uh, but I really want to definitely focus on all the young ladies getting out there and, and, and going through that process. Now, thank you. And my math is right. My wife participated in the 10th annual, if this is the 38th annual, not, not going not gonna to date her, not going to whatever. But, uh, yeah, so the 10th, and she would have been around the 10th annual okay. uh, beauty review. So that's how long it's she did. She was on. in it twice. She was in it twice. Yeah. Uh, so, um, again, that was uh, obviously a few years ago. <laughs> but it also shows that it's, you know, it's tradition been there, you know, right. since the early 80s. Right. Um, and so just a, a great thing that they continue to do. And, again, there's not people, you know, looking to sign up. These are not – it's not the toddlers and tiaras where they're, you know, this is some kind of circuit. These people have to be nominated because of other stuff that they do, not only for their outside beauty, but their inside beauty, to be able to go out there and do that. And so just congratulations to uh, everybody from Saturday night and especially to uh, your daughter, Hannah Grace, on the win. Thank you, Derek. I appreciate it. And, and again, just a successful night. Uh, being around, in my opinion, uh, other people, it was good to get out and, and, and just rub elbows again and get to see people. Last thing we kind of have on our board to talk about, Derek, I mean, you and I uh, attended church together. I don't think I've told you kind of where, what I wanted, where I wanted to go with this hernando united methodist church where you and i attend is is we're back to uh in person have to wear a mask uh but back to in person and we have multiple services good to see our contemporary service continue to grow uh, Derek actually came in a couple minutes late, had to sit on the front row, which is not, not necessarily your stuff. That's not ideal. Wait, so you were on the front row, and right next to you, or really, really across the room, was Zach Sims from the OB Pod right there. You know, I'm, I'm glad to be associated with such a high-standing uh, gentleman. Well, I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm usually toward the middle to the back, you know, because I'm, I'm, <laughs> you don't want to hear my voice singing, you know, that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, we, we did walk in late, so a lot of that punishment walking in late is, is you have to go to the front. Every, nobody's sitting in the front. So if you're, if you're two or three minutes late, you do have to go to the front, and then that's where we were. Not, really enjoyed it. Right, not quite as late as our uh, former planning commi- favorite planning commissioner. No, no, <laughs> no. And somehow they sat behind me. Yeah, they did. You see, that didn't somehow uh, Of course, they only me. had a family of three. I was a family of four. Exactly. And so it, that, uh, that's how the chairs worked out. Exactly. The tough part of what I would do want to say, so it's good to be back in church. It's, we've been back for a while, but it was good to uh, be back in church. But, Derek, the first time my daughter had to sing in the – worship service the second worship service the uh, traditional at 1055 and it was the first time i'd been in the sanctuary in a church setting in over a year mm. for me because i've been helping with the table service i've been right. helping with the contemporary and it really hit me Derek, because i looked to my left and and where mr gene norwood would be mm-hmm. uh he wasn't there and in the choir henry wadsworth would have been there mm-hmm. and it, it just really hit me um at that time, just thinking about the last year of, of our church, the last year of our community, the last year of, of you know all of us being affected by uh, COVID-19, being affected by being out of church or being out of buildings, being out of you know stadiums and, and ball team, whatever, all that kind of stuff, how much an effect it's been the last year. But it really hit me when I was getting ready to watch her sing. The gentlemen and the people that would have been there that, that have passed away in the last year, whether it be due to the coronavirus or maybe even if it wasn't due to the coronavirus, it was definitely – you know, we weren't able to attend a, a memorial service or a funeral service for them. So it was, uh, that, that's what hit me. But it also hit me, what an amazing uh, church we attend, what an amazing town we live in. Hernando, Mississippi is, is 
you know, not many places like it and just so proud to be a part of it. Well, it's been a long year, and it's it's unfortunate. And then we have had passings, and of course there's passings every year, but it just kind of hits a little harder when you know that, you know, this has been top of mind for everybody, and you do, you know, as you said, I, I've been going to the, the you know, the, the regular service, the traditional service, um, you know, throughout the, the I guess, pandemic, uh, depending on, you know, sometimes the church had to close. Of course, it was closed for, you know, Sunday of the ice storm and stuff like that. But, um, you know, so I, I've been in there, so it's not, I guess I'm you know, kind of used to it, but it is sad. Uh, but not only that, just not being able to, you know, the families were able to have closure. Right. But as a community, it's tough you know, when you didn't get to attend those things, see those people, be able to tell those uh, family members how sorry you were. Uh, but at the same time, it also, it's also good to see things opening up. Sure. Um, you know, we, we mentioned a couple things already. Uh, you talked about the soccer, you know, things going on with the soccer field rec-wise. But also, I mean, there was a uh, uh, thing at the gym this weekend uh, for a fundraiser for the animal shelter. Um, and we'll talk about that a little while later on the podcast. But a, um, you know, there was an event there that was outside cornhole tournament for a fundraiser, and I, I was not able to make it. But you know that we were able to make something in the morning. That I don't think that started till eleven, so I was not able to make that. But again, that's a huge thing, huge event. People going outside, being outside, and then of course, you know, we know like we got the the arts council having their thing coming up this weekend. We've got the farmers market meeting end of the month. We've got a flock around the block coming the first week of April. The farmers market itself opens May first. So things are starting, I'm not going to say get back to normal, but they're starting to open up. The weather helps, uh, obviously. But I think that, you know, it's you're starting to kind of feel the turn. Now, again, not saying go out there and <laughs> start hugging people, you know, and all that. If, if, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You know, I know Kroger still, you know, ask you to wear it. Walmart still ask you to wear it. We're not trying to, you know, have a third wave. Uh, but I think that people are they're getting uh, vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still, you know, hopefully you're still washing your hands, not touching your face. You know, again, not getting up in people's faces uh, when you go to events. I, people are starting to feel a little momentum, and it's nice. And if it was 50 this weekend and, and, and dreary and rainy, might not feel the same way. Sure. But when you get that taste of spring and get out there and see all the wonderful things and just remember all the wonderful things that our community, not and I'm, I'm sure South Haven had their things, Olive Branch had their things, but just remember what we have. And, you know, A-Fair's coming up. It's going to be in person. We know that. That's two months away. Right. And so people get excited, and, and you start getting those things, planning them, and you're, you know, you're, you're taking it from a pencil that you probably had to erase and starting to put those uh, events in pen. And that makes people feel good and just excited about Hernando. Absolutely. Hernando, Mississippi is is a great place to live. We're so proud to be a part of it right here under the Water Tower. And we're going to continue to praise, uh, you know, different grand openings and beauty reviews, church attendance, all that kind of stuff. That's something that's important to us, and we hope it's important to you, and we certainly are happy about it. But, Derek, not a whole lot of local stories from an alderman standpoint or city government standpoint, so let's expand a little bit. We're going to talk about state uh, news. Again, not a whole lot going on state, but definitely something that affects us here in this area. Derek, we talk about it all the time. We have uh, your mom was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. You know, education is important to the people that live in Hernando, Mississippi, especially. It's part of the reason a lot of people live in Hernando is because of the great schools. A little bit of news coming out for the teachers in Jackson, Mississippi, from the legislature. Tell us about it. So we mentioned this before, that they were looking at pay raises for teachers. And, of course, we talked about the House uh, passing it and then, you know, sending it on to the Senate. Uh, we mentioned other bills that have passed. We mentioned a couple that the, the governor has already has on his desk to sign. But wanted to give an update on the teacher pay raises. Now, there has been several things that have been passing. The Senate, back and forth in the House. A reminder, if a Senate passes a bill, it has to go to the House. If the House doesn't change anything, they can pass it as is, and it would go to the governor's desk. Any change to any bill 
then has to go back to the original house to either you know to either accept that change or, or then uh, make another change, make their own changes, and or they have a conference you know so where the leaders would get together and kind of work through it to get it into an acceptable form that both houses would then pass uh, again to get to the governor's desk. There are several things that are in that, that kind of in that middle phase where all right one is passed, the other one has it, they like it, but they may want to tweak a couple things. The teachers uh, are, are, I guess, one of the things that are most important, uh, one of the teacher bill. And so what we've got is is the House Bill 852. So the Senate amended it. So the House approved it first. We, we talked about it at the time when it was approved, probably two or three weeks ago. And so the Senate now has amended House Bill 852 to contain the language that a Senate bill, SB 2001, basically the Senate had passed their version, House had passed their version, the House version got to the Senate first, so they basically added a little language that they wanted to see in there. And what the language said, they would give $1,000 raises to teachers and increase the starting pay for all teachers. So if you're, if you're a brand new teacher coming out, you've got your credentials, you've got your certificate, then you would start your pay at $37,000. Everybody above that, everybody that has experience, would get a $1,000 pay raise. Assistant teachers would also receive a $1,000 pay raise, you know, those already employed. And then you know, new starting teacher's assistants would have their minimum salary be fifteen thousand. Couple tweaks, you know, nothing, you know, nothing. I guess earth shattering, but a couple tweaks. So because they tweaked it, it now has to go back to the house. So when it goes back to the house, if the house says looks good, they'll pass it uh, and send it to the governor's uh, desk to sign. Uh, if they, the, but they may call a conference. They may say, okay, well, we sent you what you've sent us back to us. Let's get together. Let's hash through a couple sticking points. I mean, you, you've you've heard about this all the time on the national level. Well, that's what this is. They're gonna ha- they'd hash back and forth, and then maybe come to an agreement as to what both houses could pass to send to the governor. So again, we're closer. I know that's a big news for teachers. I mean, that's you know the largest employer in DeSoto County. Mm-hmm. Uh, are the schools? You know, a lot of people listening may say, you know, that's more thousand dollars more in my pocket, or I'm graduating. That's great. I can start at thirty. $7,000. So that's where they are. Mike McClendon, our centers have done a great job uh, keeping us updated about what's going on. Plus, you know, obviously they're pushing for it because the schools, good schools, of course, important everywhere. But Soda County has always put a, a big focus on schools to make sure that they maintain. Of course, you talked about some of the young ladies uh, with career aspirations, and that's because of the wonderful schools that we have. That's, um, you know, that's where it is. And hopefully, you know, they'll come to an agreement here pretty soon and get to the governor's desk. What I like about that, Derek, now that I just thought about it, $37,000. Look, a new teacher, thirty-seven grand minimum. Again, they may make more here in DeSoto County. I don't know that those facts or those numbers exactly. But, so you know, a young lady starting out her career teaching $37,000, maybe living in kind of a rural area, that's not bad. No, it's that's, not bad at right, all. That's what, yeah, so I kind of like that idea of her being able to, uh, you know, not – <laughs> not be borderline poverty level, you know, teaching in a smaller area, a rural area of Mississippi, uh, $37,000 can go pretty far in, in some different areas and it allows her to, to begin a good, good solid life. Right. And then that's the, the minimum salary. Of course, you know, you also have school districts and some of the rural parts that will maybe pay your school back if you right. come and teach there for a certain amount of right. years. Sure. Yeah. So that, this is just the, the minimum actual salary and there could be other perks that the counties could offer too. So Again, I think it's a very good thing, and again, I mean, thirty-seven thousand is probably not enough. I mean, I, you know, maybe it's forty, maybe it's forty-five, but it's better than what we have now. Uh, all the other teachers with experience would get the thousand dollars extra in pay, and, and again, it's a, it's a win and something that the, they've 
you know, they've pushed for it for a couple of years. It was tabled last year because of the coronavirus hitting. Unfortunately, this should have been done last year. Uh, but, you know, nobody knew. And, and I don't fault the legislature for saying, hey, look, we're, we're, we may about to lose a ton of money with everything shutting down. We, we just can't pass anything right now. But now they realize, hey, we're above budget. Uh, we, we fared better than we thought we would. And now it's time to reward the teachers. As you mentioned, Derek, DeSoto County Schools is the largest employer in the entire county. So a lot of uh, men and women are affected by this and a little bit more money in their pocket for their hard work uh, certainly never hurts. So uh, speaking of hard work, it's come that time. Springtime is here. You're starting to think about your lawn, thinking about maybe who's going to take care of your lawn this year. If that's something you're in the market for, who's going to help you with winter cleanup? Who's going to help you with, you know, just getting your lawn ready to be the best in the neighborhood? Reach out to William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Again, whether that's leaf removal, tree trimming, winter cleanups, Richard and his team are ready to serve you throughout DeSoto County. Reach out to him at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. That's 662-892-8419. Or reach them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Derek talking earlier in our show about being uh, neighborly and having different things like that. Speaking of being a good neighbor, podcast brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for home, life, auto, and business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. On Tuesdays, of course, that means it's the time for the fact of the week. The fact of the week is provided by the DeSoto County Museum. Every week, the DeSoto County Museum, right there on Commerce Street, across from the Area 51, the Bank Course South, open from 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, go see Rob Long and, and his crew at the DeSoto County Museum. Again, the mission, the best price, always free. Let them go in there and show you all the new exhibits they have. Uh, they had a wonderful banjo picking the other night. Uh, I think a couple Thursdays ago they had everybody out there. Had a little concert out in the uh, wooden house next to the DeSoto County Museum. Had a wonderful talk uh, a couple Thursdays ago also, I think last Thursday, uh, about the um, people, the 
people that came from the north down to the south uh, about the um, you know helping with the civil rights movement stuff like that. So just a wonderful talk and a, a question and answer session uh, to go along with that. So again, bringing culture to Hernando, but not only that, but bringing the past and making it alive in Hernando. And so today, you know, we kind of were looking for one that you know, kind of was uh, similar to something that we've been you know, relate to uh, recently in Hernando, and we've, he sent us a great article. I think a lot of people, we've been on social media, of course, trying to find things to talk about, kind of trying to make sure that we're covering things uh, in Hernando and in the surrounding area that people want to, well, you know, want to know about. Well, a lot of people have been complaining about their electric bill. Uh, coming off of the ice storm, the snow, a lot of people's maybe they're, if you had electric heat or maybe if you had to you know, keep the lights on, maybe if, if you had an electric water heater or something like that, they never cut off, uh, trying to keep everybody warm. And so, you know, you're, you're probably being hit the right, right now. If not, you know, your bills will be here by the middle of the month and you kind of get that eye-open experience, especially if you're not on the, the, what's it, the balancing, the, the way right. they average it out. Kind of wanted that. So he sent us something back in 1934. Uh, he sent us an ad that had to do with electricity, Matt. So the ad was put in the local newspaper. What they were doing was they were selling electricity. So imagine right now, you know, we, we don't think about how, you know, how we get electricity in our house. But this was the wholesale rates for homes. So well, I want to read the ad to you. It's very short. But it said, the new and simplified wholesale rate for residential electric service is the lowest in the history of Mississippi and makes it possible for every customer to enjoy the full benefits of electrical labor-saving appliances in the home. After the small monthly flat charge, which is not sufficient to pay our company's fixed tax expense, that you know they didn't want you to think that, you know they're they're giving you a deal, right? They, right they're sure. not paying all their fixed tax expense. The rate consists of the following four energy steps, which, for illustration, have been placed on squares to emphasize the fact that the more you let electricity serve you, the less it costs per kilowatt hour. So think about that. They were trying. They put these things, and of course you have like a big block and smaller blocks going down. So the more electricity you used the less it costs you. So, you know, why not just, you know, leave your lights on 24-7 and, you know, wow. turn on every every appliance at the same time. So, basically, it was $0.06 cents for the first 50 kilowatt hours, 4.5 cents over 50 kilowatt hours. Once you got to 100 kilowatt hours, it was only $0.02. Cents. And then, man, if you could continue just to suck up that electricity, once you got over 300 kilowatt hours in a month, it's $0.01.5. Cents. Well, that's that's for people that had teenagers right there. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like Wi-Fi now, the data usage now. Yeah. So well, the way we think of data usage is the way they were looking at you know electricity back in 1934. Well, in 1934, they still had teenagers, and I think teenagers have some type of a phobia or something with turning off lights. It's oh, almost yeah. impossible. I don't know if you deal with it like oh, I do. Oh, it's <laughs> my, my daughter has like those neon lights yeah. around the room, yeah. and then she's got a nightlight, and then she's got like music on her, uh, I guess, stereo, whatever. She's got that playing, and it's like... I mean, you know, there's like four or five outlets working at this L clock, right. you know, little clock light. I'm like, come on. I mean, you got, this is this is crazy. I know. Let's turn something off. But, I mean, again, that's, that was the way to do it right there is just, you know, buying big blocks or whatever, you know, type stuff. Thank you, Rob Long, for the DeSoto County Fact of the Week. Uh, 1934, how they did electricity was definitely a lot different. We have come a long way from that. But when it's all said and done, not necessarily because we still need to – we still watch it kill water. Well, well, I mean, 1934, they're telling use more, use more, use yeah. more. 2021, they're telling us use less, use less, use, use less. less, use get less. off the grid. <laughs> exactly. Get off the grid. It's, it's uh, pretty amazing. But uh, anyway, thanks again, Rob Long, DeSoto County Fact of the Week from the DeSoto County Museum, right there across from Area 51 and Blue Ribbon Cleaners in Hernando, an absolute asset to the city of Hernando and DeSoto County at large. Swing by and visit with Rob, visit with uh, the, the team there at the DeSoto County Museum as soon as you can. Derek, thinking of great memories, thinking of different things like that, the past, you know, making new memories. 
Now's the time to reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. These ladies help to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. Had an opportunity to visit with Sue Ellen yesterday. We discussed the different trips that she's helping plan, national parks, if that's something you're interested in doing with your family, national parks are something that they can help you with. If you're interested in traveling out west for the summer, she said spring break's a little bit past, but now's a great time to plan your summer plans. She's actually helping somebody, Derek, right now plan their Christmas in New York. Oh, wow. So that's an opportunity right now. Reach out to Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher for a number of different things. This summer, next fall, next summer, whenever your family's ready to make memories, reach out to Magical Destinations. You can call them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. North Point is over the moon excited to announce that they have added an evening open house for the month of March. Monday, March 22, 2021, they will have an evening open house at 6 p.m. Swing by after work and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. NCS is conveniently located in DeSoto County near the intersection of Goodman and Getwell Roads. For nearly 50 years, the school has been delivering a high-quality and affordable private education that is distinctively and unapologetically Christian. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting the Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127, Again, Mrs. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Speaking of being a part of the Hernando community, DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Drs. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the difference, or you can give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239. As Derek said last week, they are our dentists and should be yours. Reach out to them today for the DFDC difference. Hi, Matt. This will be the final uh, basketball reporting that we do in sports <laughs> Uh, for the 2020-2021 basketball season. This is the, we had, uh, remember from last time, we had three uh, teams left uh, going into the Final Four. Of course, North Point was not able to make the championship, leaving us with two teams, one boys, one girls team. Uh, and we're going to do something a little different today. You know, usually we start with the girls, ladies come first. However, I think hopefully y'all already know, but if not, that we're going to take a little different approach. Uh, we're starting with the boys first, and, and unfortunately we're starting with the boys because Lake Cormorant, fell to Holmes County Central 
64 to 58. Uh, that was 64 to 58. Again, Holmes County, who had, of course, had beaten Center Hill, uh, also beat Lake Cormorant. So t- took out both uh, of the DeSoto County schools in the uh, Region 1 5A, unfortunately. I know that uh, Center Hill was pretty upset about it. It seemed like this was probably a little more fairly called, just that the Lake Cormorant Gators came up a little bit short. Seemed to be a lot of fouls, but it looked like it went both ways. Very evenly matched game through halftime. Uh, it was tied 25-25, but then Holmes County outscored in the second half. Uh, there was, you know, as I mentioned, a lot of foul trouble. Uh, Holmes County was a lot bigger than Lake Cormorant, and so they really had to you know, try to battle, try to get in the side, but they were able to use that size to their advantage to get the victory. Uh, the Gators got to within two uh, in the final minute, uh, but then they had a um, you know they had to foul, try, sure. try to get the ball back. Uh, they made a couple free throws, and unfortunately, I think maybe kind of kind of lost their head a little bit. Uh, there was a technical foul right at the end too, well, to give the final victory and the final score of 64 to 58. Uh, Donovan Sanders uh, and KB Brooks both had 17 points for the Gators, and the Gators finished oh, again a great outstanding season, Absolutely. 20 and eight. And runners up. So just congratulations to the Gators on a great year. Twenty wins, eight losses. Got to play twenty-eight basketball games. Yeah, runners up in five A. Gators, great season. Congratulations, young men, for uh, getting to carry the Desoto County banner down to to Jackson. Couldn't quite get it done. Oh, it's just really that's. There's a lot I want to say right now. The facts that home Holmes County Central was losing to Center Hill by ten or whatever at halftime. They completely home cooked the second half. They go ahead, they get into the semifinals, win that game, win the finals, got to win the state championship when they probably should have shouldn't have beaten. Oh, I'd love to have seen a Center Hill Lake Cormont mm. final. But you know, not only that, you know, as a Center Hill fan, and I guess we could ask Zach, as a Center Hill fan, were you pulling for Lake Cormorant, you know, to to basically avenge you? Or since that's your biggest rival and only rival in 5A, of course, Center Hill is moving up next year. But uh, up to this point, your only rival in 5A, do you say, you know what, I hate that we lost to them, but I don't want them to win it either. You know, that's a that's a tough spot to be in. No, you got to pull against Home County Central. I mean, they got hosed down in the home gym, 85 degrees, could barely breathe in there, according to Zach, and it was just a sad situation. But Lake Cormorant, great season. Uh, again, you got to play 28 basketball games. Came up a little bit short, but very proud of you here at the UTW Podcast well, for it, sure. It was the greatest basketball, the boys' basketball team in Lake Cormorant history. Right, in Lake Cormorant history, yeah. Yep. So, congratulations yeah. to them. Yeah, so the, the best boys' basketball team in the history of their school. Congratulations to them. Derek, but there was one team that traveled from DeSoto County down to Jackson, Mississippi, and they did not come up short. Tell us about them. Yeah, so we have, what, Matt, is it eight county schools? Eight county schools, one private school. You know, all all we've been following them you know, basically since December. We right. picked it up and ran with it. And so we've been putting a decent job covering it. You know, Dri- get, Dribbled with it. There you go. Dribbled <laughs> with it. Uh, you know, done a pretty good job of, of trying to get the scores and, and stats to you uh, every, every Friday especially, but uh, basically every Tuesday and Friday. And – we came down to one. Yep. One team brought it back to us. Uh, Olive Branch, Lady Conquistadors have won their third straight championship. Two years ago, it was in 5A. The last two years, last year and now, in 2021, they are your 6A girls basketball champion. They beat Germantown High 66-62. to Raymond Piggies, 28 points. You're talking about coming big and a big-time you know, big player show up for big-time games. 28 points. She's only a junior. Only a junior. Only a junior and uh, named the uh, game's MVP. So congratulations to her. Trinity, please excuse me, had 15 points. Addison Howell had 11, uh, and Amaya Black had 10. So four uh, ladies in double figures, but just uh, Raymond Piggies with a 28. Just huge, you know, came up, you know, paying them inside. Also had, I think she was two for three from three-point land. Uh, So just a good job by her. And just, again, three straight championships. I mean, you're talking about a – I mean, she's a junior. She's never lost. Right. 
She has won a championship every year she's been there. Got another year to go. Great news for her. I don't know how the rest of the region of the state feels about it because sure. she's coming back again. But, again, congratulations to uh, the Lady Conquistadors uh, for another uh, fantastic year. And, you know, the only one bringing the gold back for DeSoto County, nobody else, Hernando, uh, Lake Cormorant, Center Hill, a lot of good teams represented uh, in the playoffs this year. And, again, I know it will just continue into the into next year. Absolutely. I think they only have one loss. One loss or two plus. Two plus, yeah. Two plus beat a midseason or so, and and they've rattled off, uh, you know, undefeated since then. But congratulations to the Lady Conquistadors. That's long. That's kind of long to say. Uh, I think their coach that they have three state titles in a, in a row, three that's straight right. state titles. And I think the place he was at before maybe won five or six in a row there. So I think he's won nine state titles. So, so what you're telling me is he's halfway decent at his job. That's uh, what it sounds like. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Uh, maybe maybe. I've never asked this. Maybe Olive Branch does the 85 degree gym uh, plan. I don't know how that works, but well, it sounds like they're they're pretty they're good enough. They could they could right. You tell me exactly. You tell me what you want the atmosphere to be, and we're still going to beat you. Tell you what, you set the thermostat, <laughs> and then we'll tip this game off. Go ahead, that'd be pretty awesome. Congratulations, Olive Branch, for a hard fought season. Every single person that played basketball, uh, whether it be North Point or the eight public schools in DeSoto County, congratulations on getting to play. Congratulations on on getting an opportunity to, to, to make memories with friends and, and other players. And, look, so, Derek, something we will say real quick, it's an opportunity for us to thank Olive Branch and thank Center Hill uh, uh, Athletics and sports and everything like that in that area. However, the Under the Water Tower podcast is going to hand off – the Olive Branch and Center Hill coverage. When it comes to sports, if there's something big that we need to talk about, we will. But we're going to hand the Olive Branch and Center Hill coverage off to two guys that are going to be able to cover it better. They live in the area. Obviously, we're talking about turning things over to the OB pod. Zach Sims mentioned it two weeks ago when he filled in for you, Derek. Um, what he's doing, the OB pod, is one heck of a good show. They just released their second episode, uh, and it was phenomenal. Yesterday. Really, yes, yes, yesterday. Really, really good show. But it allows us here at the UTW pod podcast to maybe expand a little bit on our coverage for Hernando, our coverage for, uh, you know, the Soto Central kind of up the get well corridor, which seems to be where our listeners are, are, are living, seems to be where our clicks are happening. Uh, so good. We wish those guys luck. We wish Olive Branch luck, of course, part of the Soto County. Uh, so if you're looking for Olive Branch and Center Hill coverage, Look for the for the OB pod. Once a week, they will be covering it. Yeah, and that includes they uh, had the interview with the new Olive Branch coach, Correct. football coach, yesterday. Yep. Uh, they interviewed him uh, probably a week or two ago, right when he was hired. Again, Zach's in the administration at Center Hill. He's uh, used to be a coach, yep. and so he's very well connected in the coaching circles in the Olive Branch area. And so they interviewed him probably probably the first uh, media Absolutely. to interview yes. him in the county and so they got him on there and so if you want to listen to a great interview uh listen to that part today i haven't listened to the whole pod yet uh but i listened to his uh matt kind of sent out there hey man this is a really good interview with the coach so i had to check that part out i mean it sounds like exciting things are coming to the all branch football team so please turn ob pod uh, listen to that and uh, again going forward with softball and baseball they will give you the majority of the coverage for those teams uh, we will still be covering lewisburg Basically, Lewisburg's half Olive Branch, half Hernando. Uh, so we'll be covering Lewisburg. Of course, uh, Hernando, DeSoto Central, has another great team this year in baseball and softball. And so we'll be covering up there, South Haven. Uh, and so, you know, we're not going to neglect it. And, of course, if Center Hill is playing Hernando or Olive Branch is playing Lewisburg, we'll cover that too. Uh, but, again, if, but more in-depth coverage, please turn to them. And just excited to ha- have them on board under Richard Productions. Yeah, one of the things we talked about, Derek, when we started this was the opportunity to shed a light or shine a light on – kids throughout the county well zach and cash are still going to do that on the eastern side it frees us up a little bit to talk about some other things but again olive branch we hope their their subscribers continue to grow 
Uh, we hope their success there continues to grow and their numbers grow. But if you want to hear a gentleman that's, you know, signs at Center Hill or going to play football somewhere, Cash and Zach are going to talk about it on their podcast. So that's definitely something that's important to us is wanting to be able to shine a light on these kids and they're going to continue to do it. So congratulations to them. And it gives us a chance, again, to, to continue the interviews uh, with the uh, Alderman. Of course, tomorrow we'll have the Ward 5. We have two ladies running, Leslie Bierman and Beth Rawls, running for the Ward 5 Alderman position. Well, Matt and I sat down with them uh, over the last few days. Uh, those will be put on the special episode, Ward 5, tomorrow. So be looking for that. Again, because of, of you know releasing a little bit of the county, we're able to do that. And also, Friday... We will have a episode, uh, you know, have a regular episode. But in that episode, we're going to do a little more in-depth research and reporting about the animal shelter situation. Uh, you know, I think when you hear the episode tomorrow about the Ward Five Alderman uh, race, you will hear both candidates mention the animal shelter. Uh, we've heard at least two of the other candidates, if not more, uh, on pre- previous episodes talk about the animal shelter. And so we're going to kind of give an update of where that stands, where that is. We have talked to a couple aldermen. We're going to talk to the mayor and just kind of get a report of what that is. Now, this is not a pro-con this will not be a pro-con discussion. This is more, hey, this is where it sits. This is why kind of, you know, why you don't see one standing right now, why the uh, police chief had to basically take that salary to put it toward the position that he had funded uh, last week. And, you know, why was he able to move that $26,000 over there? Because, you know, he knew he was not going to fund that position this year. And But, you know, if you ask him last October, he put it in the budget because he thought he was. So we'll kind of just give an update on that. And so, again, we're able to do more of that uh, because of them taking that load and really look forward to, uh, you know, bringing you more news stories like that going forward. Absolutely. Look, if you enjoy what you hear each and every week, whether it be on our special episodes on Wednesdays, political episodes with Alderman, or our Tuesdays and Friday shows, normal shows that you hear each and every week, find us on Facebook, UTW Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's UTW Pod on Twitter. If you live in Ward 5 and you hear your Alderman, a particular candidate that you like or don't like or whatever, it doesn't matter, uh, please share it. Put it out on Facebook, Instagram, those type things. That's how we're going to continue to grow and help uh, support our, our, our advertisers. If you're interested in advertising on the UTW podcast or on the OB pod, please email us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Please seek out and listen to the OB pod, our, for lack of a better word, brother podcast that covers the eastern side of the county. Some really neat information in their first two episodes about annexation, Derek. Learned a lot about annexation. I'll leave you right here with this tidbit. Did you know, and you'll learn this if you listen to the podcast, if Olive Branch can carry out the annexation plans they will be the second largest area city compared to Jackson, Mississippi, in the state of Mississippi. Absolutely amazing. They talk about it on their first episode, OB Pod. Go listen to that. Learn more about the annexation that Olive Branch has planned currently at this time. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Boys and free my soul